Hey, this is Fletch, and I'm just sneaking in on the front part of this episode to let you know about a fun experience that Kendra and I had this week. We were guests with Davis and Rachel Carmen from Apologia on a Homeschool Teacher Appreciation Day Google Hangout. And I know it's always fun to hear our voices, at least I hope it is. Well, you get to see our faces, and you get to see us have a great conversation with the Carmens on just the joys of homeschooling and some of the challenges and a lot of questions geared towards dads. So head on over. Uh, We'll have the link in our show notes and you can spend a little bit of time with us uh, in person, seeing us uh, talk and watching our lips move and seeing our facial expressions. So go check it out. I was that mom who said, I cannot do this. I fully believed that I could not do it. I had two other children. I was already homeschooling. And then I had this other child who was going to school. And to me, that was a relief. That was one child, one child down. And then I had to take care of the other two. That's homeschooling mom, Wendy Hilton. And she was describing how she is that mom. The one who felt unprepared to homeschool her special needs daughter. And I just felt like it wasn't right. I felt like God was telling me, she's your child too. And you're treating her as if she doesn't need you as much as the other children do. When probably just the opposite is true, she probably needed me more than my other children did. We sit down with Wendy on this episode and we hear how she not only brought her daughter home, but how God changed her heart in the process. I realized at that point how much I would miss her, how much our family would miss her if she was not there. And we needed that perspective. So join us on this episode as we enter into a very real and at times a very raw discussion about homeschooling your special needs children. We'll discuss both the blessings and the challenges and we'll encourage you along the way. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And this is episode 49 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Ooh, 49, feeling fine. We are one away from the big 50th episode. Ooh, are we we're getting a cake? Well, you know what we're doing for the 50th episode? What? Taking the week off. <laughs> We are going to take the week off next week, but we'll come back with the 50th after that. It's like we used to be every two weeks. So we're just going to take a little break. Our house is going on the market and I'm totally loopy 
because of carpet fumes and paint fumes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great time to be recording with Kendra. She's, she's a little loopier than normal. Than normal. Right, right. So, yeah, we are going to be coming back uh, after two weeks. We'll take a week off. We're letting you know now. Uh, but if you're listening to this kind of in the history okay. of podcasts, it'll just be the next podcast. Right, that's true. Yeah, so that, yeah. that doesn't make sense for anybody that's <laughs> going to be listening. Except yeah. those people who are waiting for the next episode. There are people that wait in the middle of the night. They're like, oh, when's, it, when's, when's yeah, Fletch going to upload it? you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say my parents, but my parents don't even no, care about this. No, they don't know. My parents no. are always like, you do a podcast? That's one of my favorite stories. Did I tell this story about being, be, oh gosh. Okay, so I'd, I'd been blogging for like seven years. No kidding. Maybe eight. <laughs> and I was sitting on the couch one day with my laptop and an unnamed family member from out of town walked into our home and saw me on the couch on my laptop and said, oh, so what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just kind of wrapping up some work, some writing. And he said, oh, what do you have a blog? <laughs> yeah, other than the fact kind that of, like, kind of like yeah, kind of. Preschoolers and peace could sell T-shirts to their fan club <laughs> by then. So wow, this is quite the intro. Has nothing to do with I episode know. forty-nine. Hey, so, you know what I did today? What? So one of the benefits, one of the many benefits of living in California, is the amazing Mexican food we have. So I Especially went to the Central Valley. I know. You know exactly. what we need in our town. Another Mexican restaurant. <laughs> no, we do not. I mean, no. in our small town. I know. Our small town. Our little tiny. You can run from one end of the town to you the can. other. Yes, maybe it's a mile. Like maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe a, mile. a mile. I mean, you could probably throw a There are no stoplights in our town. No. How's that? There, no, there, there are, are no stoplights. maybe one stop sign in yeah. the actual town. <laughs> but in that town, like three Mexican restaurants right. that you can <laughs> so Oh, funny. and the gas station sells Mexican food. Right, and the market <laughs> has like an area in the market where you can get hot Mexican food. The, me- the market is La Perla Tapatilla, right yeah. there. Oh there my. you go. <laughs> wow, did you hear that, Perlers? Okay, so I didn't go to La Perla. I went to uh, Rancho San Miguel, yeah. <laughs> and um, they have amazing hot food there also. But I didn't tell you, like, they have those jars, you know, the big jars of um, lovely, delicious fresca, fresco, whatever the water drinks they call them. Oh, You're looking yeah. at me Frescas. weird. Frescas. Frescas. Yes. And um, Frescas. I had horchata, which is my favorite. Horchata. And it was like big scoop. Like she just took the scooper and it spilled out over the cup when she was putting it in there. It was Man. The, it was the bomb. Again. <laughs> this Wait intro has nothing to do <laughs> with our show. <laughs> I know, but I'm giving you a glimpse of life in California. <laughs> There's my Spanish. What? It's Spanish pronunciation. Oh my goodness. Okay, we so anyway. We have listeners from like Indiana going, they're crazy. I know. Orchada is a rice drink. So yeah. it's like if you took a really good fresh rice milk made like from actual fresh rice, not like the boxed, you know. Yes. What do they call those box drinks? Like I don't know. Hermetically You're- sealed. <laughs> You are I'm telling you, I'm loopy okay. because of carpet and paint fumes. So anyway, horchata is a rice drink. It has a little like cinnamon and sugar. Mm, so good. All right. Can we get back to episode 49 now? <laughs> yes, we We're can. talking about special needs. And, you know, the reason we're doing this is we've been asked over and over again, would you do an episode on homeschooling with special needs? Yeah. And, it's you know, it's homeschooling in real life. We want to get real about it. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to just like, hey, this is how you homeschool with special needs. We want to. I don't know how you homeschool with special needs by the seat of my pants. Yeah. So, but we want to get kind of deeper than that. We want to talk about some of the tougher issues. The other reason we want to do this is because we have a special needs child. Our last one, number eight. If you want to know 
more about Mighty Joe and some of the struggles he had uh, right at the beginning of his life and how these play out up until now, we don't know the rest of his story, mm-hmm. you can check out episode... Is it 45? 45, yeah, Losing Our Religion. Losing we tell that religion. story. Um, he was born a typical child with a typical brain and then um, caught a deadly virus that didn't kill him, almost did, but left um, some actual holes in his brain. So he struggles with that. And in fact, just a couple of weeks ago at his um, annual IEP meeting, because we do have him in a special needs program, they doubled his special needs classroom hours. So he's he's really struggling. And that's how we're connected to this story. So we are going to talk on this episode about homeschooling with special needs kids and expect us to get real. Let's take a quick commercial and we will be right back to get started. Hola, Fletch. Hola, Kendra. Hey, good Spanish. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, how much do you know about the geography of Mexico? It is south of the United States, oh, and, and it me. is north of the equator. Wow, okay. And I know Baja, California is connected, in fact, to California. Wow, Fletch, you know what you need? What do I need? You need the new Geography of Mexico coloring book from ParadisePraises.com. And let me tell you, our kids need this too, because this week I found out they didn't even know there were states in Mexico. There are states, and there is the state of relaxation. No. I've been that state in Mexico. <laughs> Come on. No, there are states in Mexico that contain the highest population of ethnic people and languages down in Mexico. There's a state that that is home to an aqueduct that appears on the 50 pesos bill. Did wow. you know that? I didn't know any of this. I know. Okay, but here's the cool thing. Paradisepraises.com is a wonderful site and blog that is written by my friend Katie. And she's put out a new Geography of Mexico coloring book and geography study. So each page has a color illustration that identifies the state motto, coat of arms, capital city, state size, landmarks. You know, being from California, a large portion of our population is directly from Mexico or has ties directly there. So if we're trying to teach our kids a culture that's right over the border, mm-hmm. this sounds like it would be a great resource. And if your family is at all interested in missions opportunities in Mexico, if you know families who are there, this is really great. Um, it's a great prayer point for your families, too, to gather around and, and uh, learn a little bit more about that geography. So where would our listeners find this? Well, Paradise Praises has set up a custom URL just for hurlers. It's paradisepraises.com slash IRL. And it's Mexico, a coloring book and geography study. Go check it out. Muy bien. Well, we're back and we are talking special needs on this episode. And we have brought a guest on to talk this through with us. Yeah, Wendy Hilton is one of the fabulous moms who began the Hip Homeschool Moms website. I love that name, Hip (laughs) Homeschool Moms. I kind of picture like when they were to show up at like a convention to be like, wow, who are those people? Those are the Hip Homeschool Moms. Like Like they stand out amongst the crowd like... They're dressed hip. They're so hip. Yeah. <laughs> they probably... I must be hip because I think Wendy, you know, looks a lot like me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's like a visual thing. They're like, they're they're the ones that were listening to bands before they became popular. Oh, yeah. They're like the popular girls in high school. Yeah, I was not all... one of them, so... I, I just, know. I love the name, <laughs> Hip Homeschool Moms. They drink the good coffee. That's right. Yeah. 
All right, but let's get back on track because yes, Wendy is hip, but she's also raising a nonverbal autistic daughter and um, that's tough. Yeah. And, you know, I, we wanted to enter into this conversation. We met her. Where did we meet her? Well, I met her uh, at, at a conference last year, but you met her just this yeah, past I couple of months ago yeah. in Nashville. We were waiting for you out in front of the conference room, <laughs> waiting for Fancy Pants Kendra to get done talking to her. <laughs> Three people that Yeah, came. <laughs> whatever. So we were talking about this topic, and I was just getting very real with mm. her. I was saying, you know, it is tough. There are days... When I think, oh, Lord, this is a burden. Mm. You know, our eighth child, after seven, now this eighth one is going to require so much more of our time mm-hmm. because I'm so stinking selfish and I <laughs> want free time. I want to be able to say, can we just go to the museum and not have to have the, this the little guy? A- severely you know, ADHD one. <laughs> climbing. He's right. the one that would break the beard off of... King Tut. Well, he, yeah, yeah, he, he was actually in the pond. He was the one who went and got horchata with me today, and he was. Oh, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Very hard. So I, I was being very real with her, and I said, "Let's can we sit down and talk about this?" Because she was echoing back, mm-hmm. you know, some things. And I, the one thing that she said out in front that stood out to me was, you know, we had put our child, this daughter, mm-hmm. daughter, right, into mm-hmm. a uh, public school setting or into a, a school setting. Because it was just easier than having her with us. Yeah. And then at some point she realized they were pushing her away, mm-hmm. regardless of whether she was interpreting them or, you know, her autism allowed her them to penetrate in. They were pushing her away and that they felt the need to pull her back. So how do you homeschool with that special needs student? How do you accomplish that when you know that that opens up a can of burdens and worms and craziness and and struggles and resources and do I have all that? So we got her on the phone and we sat down and dialogued through those. So let's go straight to that interview with Wendy Hilton. We have Wendy Hilton on the line and Wendy is the mom of a severely autistic daughter. Um, She's nonverbal and Wendy has been homeschooling her uh, from the very beginning, since she was two years old, um, uh, right before they were diagnosing her autism. Uh, We are very excited to have Wendy with us. She is the co-owner of hiphomeschoolmoms.com, and she has been uh, just an encouragement to us in our own journey in homeschooling our special needs little boy. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So, Wendy, uh, Hip Homeschool Moms, I assume you guys talk about hip homeschool stuff there, right? We do. We do. Um, our children do not think we are qualified for such a job, but we, we are. I really feel like we are. <laughs> hey, I, I see my new calling. I need a hip homeschooling dad website. We can We can partner up. Yeah, we can talk about that after this. You know, we're talking about homeschooling special needs kids. And the first question we have for you, Wendy, is why would anyone be crazy enough to take on the challenge of homeschooling a kid with special needs? (laughs) That is a really good question. One of the things that may sound strange is that when, when we started homeschooling Hannah, She had homeschooled for a few years, and then for a few years, she went to a public school program for autistic kids half days in the mornings, and then we homeschooled her in the afternoon. 
and we found that she sort of became, I hate to say it, but she sort of became a hindrance to our real life um, activities. In other words, if we had field trips, because my other two children homeschooled too. So if we had field trips, play dates, activities, parties, fun things we wanted to do, we started without even realizing it to plan those things around the times when Hannah was at school and not with us. And then it got to the point where it was an inconvenience when we had to pick her up in the afternoons and bring her home. It was as if our real life ended at that point, and then it became all about Hannah. Now, that is not something we were thrilled to realize about ourselves when we when we came to that realization. It made me feel really terrible as a mom to realize, wow, I feel like my life grinds to a halt when I pick her up from school at lunchtime. And um, so when we brought Hannah home, after we got back into the routine of having her with us full time again, she became part of the family instead of we were all a family and she was separate from that. Um, and honestly, all of our kids want to be loved and accepted. They want their time with mom or dad or even with the, the other siblings. And we found that Hannah, she was just not happy at school. Um, some people are blessed enough to have some great teachers in their areas. Um, ours, that was the case for a year or two. And then it was not the case after that. And so um, she was not happy there. And that even, that compounded the problem because then when she did come home after lunch, she was gripey and cranky and it was hard for us to enjoy the time that she was with us. Uh, we didn't know that, that she was unhappy at school. We just thought, hmm, it's the afternoon, she's tired, she's gripey. But we realized later on that she was just unhappy where she was and she needed to be with us. She wanted to be loved and accepted. She wanted to be part of the family. She's nonverbal, so she could not express that to us. So that's something that, you know, our, our typical kids and our special needs kids, they just want time and they wanna be loved and they wanna be with the family. Um, I was thinking about some other reasons to share and one of the things that really jumped out at me was we so often feel like our kids are behind especially with our special needs kids it was so nice when i brought her home to realize she can be her own person her own student we can totally personalize her education to fit her and it doesn't matter if eight other kids in her class can do this skill or that skill and she can't it doesn't matter we don't have to try to keep up with them and we can just allow Hannah to be Hannah and to move at her own pace. And it was really freeing when we brought her home and got into a routine and just realized it's okay. We're, we don't have to compare her. A lot of special needs kids too need help not only with academics, but with self-help skills, real life things like um, social skills, using good manners, those sorts of things. And it was really nice to have time to address those issues with her. She wasn't at school all day. 
So we had time if she needed to learn to brush her own teeth, we could practice it in the morning, we could practice it after lunch, we could practice it in the evening. It really freed up a lot of opportunities to teach her those skills that we just were trying to cram in in the afternoons and we just didn't have enough time to do it. And it was frustrating. One more thing that's really important to us is we eat gluten-free. Hannah has problems with gluten and so do the rest of us. And it made it so much simpler to just make sure she was eating what she was supposed to eat and was not eating what she was not supposed to eat. So there were really a lot of reasons that it was so helpful to, to bring her home and just have her with the rest of us. All right. So we definitely are seeing that there's a benefit to bring kids home academically, but a lot of kids, you know, one of the reasons we like to homeschool is that they're going to learn social skills at home better maybe than they would in a classroom environment. Have you seen that same thing uh, with special needs kids? Yes, definitely. Definitely. You, most of us realize that a classroom environment is not a real life environment. Uh, that's just not the way, the way we function. The way we function in real life socially is we go to the store, we go grocery shopping, we go to friends' houses, we go to the park to play. And we were able to incorporate social skills into Hannah's daily life that we just did not have time to teach her when she was at school all day. And she needed the practice. Wendy, we know as parents of special needs kids that there are uh, these uh, individualized educational plans or IEPs that the state can give to our kids after they've assessed them. Or, you know, as for us with Mighty Joe, we brought in all of his medical stuff and let them all sort of see what was going on in his little brain um, and what may be causing some of his little hiccups and issues um, educationally or academically. And those IEPs then translate into services that our kids are eligible for through the state. So that would be like speech therapy, occupational therapy, some of those things um, that I know you're familiar with, but some of our listeners might not be. And so my thinking was, if you've got, if you've gone through that system with your kids and you've gotten them their IEPs and their services, and maybe you're just unhappy with the, what the school is providing or the situation there, and you're thinking about bringing that child home, what then happens to those services? Are special needs kids still eligible for those uh, services that the state would provide for them? In most states, the answer is yes. The laws actually vary from one state to another on that. In states where homeschools are classified as private schools, then those services should definitely be available to homeschoolers. Uh, Services like speech, physical therapy, occupational therapy, those are the main ones. There may be others in some states. Now, There are some states that in which the homeschools are not classified as private schools. In those states, it is actually up to the school system to decide if they're going to offer those services to homeschoolers or not. Now, there is a federal law called Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. A lot of schools choose to comply with that. So that even in states where your homeschool is not classified as a private school, under that law, they can still provide those services to special needs children under that federal law, even though their local and state laws don't require it. 
Now, one thing that I found personally with my daughter is that the services of the public schools here were just not up to par with the services that we could get privately through our local hospitals, wellness centers, those kinds of places. And so thankfully our insurance covered a lot of those services and we did try them out at the local public schools and they just weren't enough. So then we chose to then seek those services privately. Um, now there is, there's a place that parents can go to look for this information. If you're familiar with the Home School Legal Defense Association, you can go to their website. It's hslda.org. When you get there, you look in the search bar and type struggling learner, that's singular. And then when that page comes up, you'll click the tab that says the law. When you get to that page, you can actually click on your state and it will take you to specific information for your state telling as far as the law is concerned, what the schools have to provide to your child. If, you're, if it's not the law in your state that those services have to be provided, I would still encourage parents who are interested, interested in those services to check with their local schools because they still may offer them even though they don't. Oh, that's really helpful information. Thank you. This is episode 49 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. We are in the middle of an interview with Wendy Hilton, uh, one of the co-founders of HIP Homeschool Moms, and we are talking about homeschooling with special needs children. Here are the questions I, I'm going to ask because I think I like to ask the real dark, troublesome ones that, that okay. people ignore because I think this is where people can start talking. IEPs aside, um, I want to get to some of the trickier questions. I think some of our listeners are are tuning in because they know that Fletch is going to ask some of the harder questions. <laughs> and I have some hard ones for the three of us here maybe to dialogue about. And that's um, there are probably parents listening who um, have special needs or maybe in this case uh, grandparents listening or friends of parents listening. And I want to go down some of these questions where someone is just bitter and they might be saying something like, I hate my life. Um, I feel cursed to be in this environment and um, it just feels better. You were saying earlier about how you, how you had almost two lives. There was the, the life you were homeschooling with your kids. And then there was the life when your daughter came home from school and disrupted what you were doing with your kids. And it almost felt like there were two two worlds going on. And so I'm thinking there are parents out there that might be thinking it just would be better to put our child in school. Um, it's easier to put my child in school. Um, and that's as opposed to just society at large, which we don't lock up our special needs people in sanitariums anymore. That's not what we do as a society. Um, and then on top of that is maybe the parent who finally pulls out the last card that just says, I can't do this. You know, I can't homeschool, let alone homeschool my special needs child. So, you know, Wendy, I threw a lot at you there in those last few moments, but um, any thoughts on that? Yes. Yes. Um, I was that mom who said, I cannot do this. I fully believed that I could not do it. I had two other children. I was already homeschooling. And then I had this other child 
who was going to school. And to me, that was a relief. That was one child, one child down. And then I had to take care of the other two. I had felt like for probably a couple of years that I needed to bring Hannah home because I could see that she was not really getting what she needed at school. And even the years that she was doing well in school, the first couple of years, I still felt this, this difference between our lives without Hannah when she was at school and our lives the rest of the time. And I just felt like it wasn't right. I felt like God was telling me, she's your child too. And you're treating her as if she doesn't need you as much as the other children do. When probably just the opposite is true, she probably needed me more than my other children did. But in my humanity, I just decided it was impossible. There was not enough of me to go around. And I noticed over the next couple of years that things gradually got worse and worse at her school. And Hannah was getting more and more stressed out. She was having more and more behavior issues. And I just, I just had to pray about it. And I had to ask God to get me past my own emotions get me past my own feelings of inadequacy and to just hit me over the head with it, to let me know for sure, do I need to homeschool this child or not? And it was a huge struggle because I just didn't feel like I could do it. And the honest truth is I didn't want to do it. I knew it would be hard. So I just prayed about it. My husband and I talked about it and prayed about it and considered it. And finally, I just felt such a burden that that was what I needed to do, that I picked up the phone. It was in April of the school year. And I thought, Wendy, you have lost your mind. You're calling the principal in April to say that your child won't be back at school the next day. At least you can finish out the year. But I just felt such a huge burden that I needed to do it, that God was just clearly saying, this is what you need to do. So I picked up the phone. I called the principal. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth and I told her that Hannah would not be back the next day, that we were going to be homeschooling her, it was as if this huge boulder was lifted off of my shoulders. Wow. It was it was God saying, that's right, you're doing exactly what I wanted you to do. That was a huge confirmation that I was doing the right thing. And you know what? I could not homeschool her. I could not give her the attention that she needed. I could not know everything to do for her academically and socially and how to homeschool the other kids at the same time. But God does. He knows it all. And I was willing to let him show it to me. And I was willing to learn the hard way. And I did. And all these years later, um, all these years later, I can see that that was totally God's plan. And he was just waiting those three or four years for me in my hard headedness to just say, okay, God, I can't do this, but you can. And he did. Wendy, tell us about that transition a bit, because I think that's where, you know, it gets really scary. Okay, great. I've brought this child home. Now, how do I make this transition? The honest truth is it was really hard. We had to totally change how we did things. We had to change how we thought about things. I had to change how I did things with my other children. And that sounds really scary 
because any change is scary and something this big is really scary. And it was really hard, but we did it. We worked through it. First, we talked to our other two children who were already homeschooling about it. And we kind of tried to think ahead about schedule changes, changes in routines, how we would handle play days and field trips with our homeschool friends and that sort of thing. So we tried to think about the practical things and make a plan for those. And then we just discussed them with our other children and they were pretty young at the time, but they still, you know, to the best of their ability at that age. And we tried to make it an exciting thing. We sort of, for a while, had to tell ourselves, okay, this is going to be okay. And then we tried to be real with our other two children and let them know, no, it's not going to be super easy, but we need your help and we're going to pull together and we're going to do this. We tried to make it a positive and exciting thing. And we tried not to do the, well, we're going to have to make this change and it's going to be really hard. We tried to be positive about it in our own minds and with our children. And then we just had to jump in and do it. And sometimes that meant troubleshooting along the way. Sometimes that meant learning hard lessons about maybe we can't stay at the play day for four hours. We might only be able to stay two because that might be Hannah's limit. Or maybe there are some field trips that Hannah really just can't go on because it upsets her. So maybe we have to ask grandparents or friends or babysitters or somebody to stay with Hannah for the rest of us to go do these activities. It was very much a learning process. Wendy, I know um, as a mom of a special needs boy that I have days where I just wonder what in the world God was thinking, <laughs> why, <laughs> why he thought I was qualified for this. And of course, I'm not. <laughs> and um, really, like you said, it's it's his grace. It's his his power, his strength that is given to us to even be able to do this parenting of a special needs thing, kid thing. And then, you know, on top of it to take on any sort of academic endeavors with them as well, or even just life skills, you know, I mean, I, I've often said our goals for Mighty Joe are that he learned to read, he can do consumer math and he loves God. I mean, really there's anything else would be a bonus, you know? Um, and mm -hmm. I know that that's the truth for a lot of special needs parents that the, the goals are very, very small. Um, but they feel daunting and there can be days of feeling like I'm the only person who is in this boat. And in fact, um, I have a friend with a special needs daughter who, um, texted me during church one day and said, I was sitting here feeling sorry for myself, like nobody else gets it. And then I remembered you are struggling with this too. And, you know, thank you for walking this path with me, but it can feel that way. You can feel like I am the only person and maybe you are the only person, you know, who's raising a kid with, um, with some disabilities in whatever way that is. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the loneliness, um, feeling isolated perhaps, because now you have the child that can't go on the field trips because they'll disrupt everything, or at least that is my situation. Um, you know, I feel very much like I, I can't take this child on a field trip with me with other another group unless they totally know his story or know what we're dealing with, right? Those Those things are very real and they're very hard. It's just part of life. We, I very much felt like in the beginning when I brought Hannah home that I couldn't do it. It was frightening. It was scary. And then along the way, 
I have had times, in fact, about a year ago, um, I got to the point where I was just, I hate to say it, but I just was. I was angry and I was bitter. And for years, we've been homeschooling and having to make alternate plans for if Hannah has a meltdown during this field trip, I have to be able to leave with her. And I did. I just got tired of having to come up with a plan B every time we did anything. Mm-hmm. It's it'll wear you out. But um but then Hannah got very sick last summer. And there were a few days when we did not know if she would live. And there's there's her favorite chair at the house that she sits in during her free time to play the computer or watch TV, just during her, her downtime. And I had a picture in my mind of that chair sitting empty. And I think God gave me that picture to, to remind me that Hannah and Hannah's life has purpose and they have meaning. And I realized at that point how much I would miss her, how much our family would miss her if she was not there. And we needed that perspective. We needed to have just that little glimpse of, yes, things are more difficult with a special needs kid. They are. But every little triumph is a great big triumph with a special needs kid. Every little victory is a great big victory with a special needs kid. And it's great when our typical kids make progress when they learn to read or ride a bike or write their names or do math or um, get their first jobs or, or those kinds of things. Those things are great. They're very rewarding. But with our special kids, we know that we have all worked hard for every little bit of progress. And sometimes we just have to step back and realize and just remember those things and allow ourselves to be a little bit sad and maybe even a little bit resentful and at times a little bit lonely, but we can't live there. We can't dwell there. We have to then say, okay, God gave me this child for a purpose. There is a reason for this and we're going to keep on keeping on. And another thing that's super important that I just feel like I have to mention is that if there are other special needs parents in your community that you can call on, that you can talk to, uh, talk to on the phone, get together with occasionally, that is so very important. That is just something that I feel like you have to make time for. If there's nobody in your community, find somebody online and connect with that person and pray for each other and encourage each other. I've met a small group of friends and we get together every week or every other week. We promise each other we're not going to clean our houses before we go over to each other's houses. (laughs) We're not going to fix anything fancy for lunch. We don't put on makeup. We just wear our around the house clothes. We make it as simple as we can. 
but we get together and we just talk. And if our kids are being loud, if they're doing something inappropriate, you know, our special needs kids, something they don't know they shouldn't do, that sort of thing, we don't stress out about it. We just know, okay, we're going to get together and have a wild and crazy time, and we're going to support each other, and we're going to love each other. And that, that makes a huge difference. That's something I just feel like you've got to connect with other parents. It's just that important. Well, Wendy, we've really enjoyed uh, talking with you today. How would our listeners who want to connect with you do that online? You can find me on the HIP Homeschool Moms website, and you can search for my articles there about special needs kids. Um, you can also email me at Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y, at HIP Homeschool Moms, with an S, dot com. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on Homeschooling in Real Life. We really appreciated it, and we would love to have you back on another time. Thank you. I'm so glad you had me, and I totally enjoyed it. Fletch, I love this interview um, because it it speaks to so many issues that are really a struggle as a special needs parent or a parent of special needs children. Yeah. So if you listened to what we just recorded and we have triggered in you a couple things, you could be the parent who says, I need to bring my child home. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what you got out of this. And you want to do that. We have some resources for you. We have some connections for you. If you're the one that says, I, we need to regroup and revamp. Let's start this conversation. We can do it right here on this posting with this podcast. You know, On our website, you can start a comment. Or if you want to take this to Facebook, you can reach us at facebooking, facebooking.com. You can reach us at facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. You can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. You can email us, info at homeschoolingirl.com. Is there any other way they can reach us? I think we've provided every opportunity. Now, don't forget, we will not be producing a show next week, but in two weeks, we'll be back for a special episode 50. Celebration. Yeah. Party. Party. I feel like we should be playing some. You know what? Right here. Cue the music. Bink. Oh, okay, so we went with Lionel Richie. Yeah, well, we're children of the 80s. Of course we should have gone with Party All Night Long. Um, We could have said Party like it's 1999, but that would have been horribly out of date. So Lionel Richie it is. Come back. We're going to have a huge blast. What are we going to do? We're going to have some giveaways. We have some huge surprises. We have a giant announcement. I want to say it right now. What is it? I can't. I want to say it right now, though, because it's so huge. Because I don't know what it is. You know what it is. But oh, okay. I, you know what it is. Okay. But I'm not going to say it until next time. And then we're going to have, did we say contest? We're going to have contest. And cake. <laughs> cake. Um, so we're going to have a, a huge show for you. That's our big 5-0. Oh, we should call it Hawaii 5 And we should go to Hawaii. So uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening. And let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or email if there's anything you want to follow up on this episode. We want to thank Wendy for being on this show. And we want to thank you, our listeners, uh, for just continuing to give us good feedback. Thanks. We'll see you in two weeks. This is Wendy Hilton. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. 
Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes. 